0: Welcome to A Role to Play, an RPG podcast exploring the world of role-playing games. This is Episode 3. I'm Sarah, your host, and today I catch up with Adam Petrovich. Adam has deep knowledge of D&D, a gift for voice acting, and stories that need to be told. He's part of my regular D&D table, and he always has us laughing. Adam is now also a game designer and lead editor at Six Sides of Gaming for the D&D World of Amaria. This episode is an informal get-to-know-you kind of chat, where we learn about Adam's film school background, how he learned D&D through Critical Role, and the story he will one day tell of the modern warlock on the go. Listen to the end for Q&A and comedy, where I open the floor to questions from other players from our table. I hope you enjoy this casual talk as much as I did. Hey, Adam.
1: Hello. tis I. (laughs) Um, Thank you for all of this. Uh, (laughs) Hello. Yes, it is I. It's me and also myself. It's the finest kind of testing because it's not the word test. Over, and over again but who knows in the words of an old friend of mine named jordan uh this is why we tech uh and he would say that to me eternally uh every single time i tried uh streaming anything for five seconds uh he would tell me did you did you finish doing the tech i said no oh, no it'll be fine he goes all right and there were many times when no streamlabs yes, just refused to work, or other such components refused to work, and it always just appear over my shoulder like a looming specter, and go, "This is why we tech." And I was like, "I know, I know, I know." So, yes, um, kind of comes with the comes with the territory of anything to do with a microphone.
0: You tech, Adam.
1: I, uh, well, not well, uh, not, not well at all. Um, I, my base knowledge is how to mostly talk into a microphone correctly and, um, how to make windows work. Uh, and then after that, my technology is a little sparse. (laughs) So picking up as I go along.
0: Actually talking into a microphone correctly is a good skill to have. Mm
1: -hmm. Yep. I... Went to film school.
2: Wow, cool. Which
1: is a thing that people do when they think they want to make films. <laughs> um, I didn't know what the heck I was doing uh, out of high school. I I just knew I liked certain things that were mostly involving uh, imagination, video games, and the odd bit of writing. And no part of that really lent itself to, you know, insert quote unquote standard career here. So I went, ah, I will make films. (laughs) That's like making things, except it's on a screen and people can listen to them as well as watch. So I went to Humber's Lakeshore campus in Etobicoke, uh, for film and media production for four years, I think around 2013 onward. And it was a great experience. And, uh, it, if I had to culminate my knowledge of film school, it is, um, this is how you talk into a, <laughs> <to> a mic, <laughs> this no, how you uh, to it me. wasn't just, a, this is how you talk into to a mic, but, uh, I took away from the experience what I, uh, I suppose what I would know as I like films and I do like creating stories. But I don't know if I like creating stories in films. (laughs) And four years and a degree later, that is what I learned. So to summarize, um, maybe about four to five inches away, uh, make sure you are talking directly towards the actual device itself. And, uh, you know, uh, try to avoid your plosives and don't peek. Uh, And that is called learning film school. Uh, Oh, God, if my professors could hear me now. Um, (coughs) But, yes, that's how I know how to talk into a mic.
0: (laughs) Wow, that's interesting. I didn't didn't know about that. I did not know that about you. Uh, Though I am not the least bit surprised about the story element, Uh, I just would have expected it to come from a different angle. Uh, Just because, having played with you,
2: yes and
0: uh yeah and and uh, of course watched you a little bit as well on six sides um i i see you as more of the actor type
1: <laughs> yeah i mean uh, when i was a kid i um i did a lot of youth theater um which was sort of thrust upon me by, by my parents and they were like you're gonna try it and i went ah, i do. okay i was very nervous um yeah, uh, also like youth improv at the, uh, uh from Georgetown little theater over in, you know, Georgetown, Ontario. And, uh, yeah, I was, I was a ham. I mean, my, my, you know, I, I come from a long line of, of hams, uh, <laughs> when, when it comes to, to that, but apparently it lent itself to, to acting and I, and I, you know, tried this sort of small time, you know, little, you know, one act play things. And it, it was, it was nice. Uh, I'm about to meet a lot of really cool people and uh, that's really where the I wouldn't say where like all of the acting you've maybe seen me do began but it's where it kind of you know uh, refined I suppose when I was you know in my early teens but I apparently according to my parents and family and otherwise I've always just kind of been that drama boy uh, uh, across (laughs) the years So uh, I just never really know what to do with it. So I I mean, you know, the the acting that I do in, you know, in tabletop games and then things like that, I mean, I try to, I try to embody a character and run with it. And that's just kind of what I, I don't want to say no to do, like I'm, you know, tooting my own horn here, but I'm just, (laughs) I'm just sort of saying like, it's, that's, that's the only way I know how to bring, you know, characters to any sort of a table or game or et cetera. So to me, it just feels like something that is, I don't want to say second nature, but, but, uh, like, I don't really know any other way of doing it. Uh, so hence all of the exuberance and, uh, all the other things that my, my characters bring Uh, forth and stuff.
0: That's method acting, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, to, to a degree, uh, I suppose. I mean, I, I, I'm not like the, uh, well, what's an example? I'm not like the quote-unquote Jared Jared Leto of uh, of uh, method acting, but I mean, I suppose a bit of a bit of it. Yeah, it comes from comes from that um, kind of in trying to embody a character and and letting it just loose. Um, yeah, so that's that. Yeah, that that's kind of where I bring you know all my characters when I try to put them into anything. Is is how can I best be this? Person for a while because I mean, that was really the core of role playing games is the actual playing of roles, <laughs> so to speak. So, H-
0: hence the name, the role playing game,
1: hence the name of the role playing <laughs> game. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that is uh kind of where it begins when it, when it just you know, theater and then you know, acting out with friends and. I'll film this, you film that. Oh, you need an extra actor. I guess I'll step in from behind the camera as well. I'll do a little bit more of this and kind of goes into every single part of everything eventually.
0: And what about writing? You mentioned that earlier also about creating the stories.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just an avid writer or I was back in grade nine onwards. Around around that sort of high school, you know, nine to twelve area. Um, I still do enjoy writing. I just don't find a lot of time for like creative story writing. Um, but it is a passion of mine. Um, I like I like bringing stories to life, and it's to me the difficult part is, you know, I may have these ideas, but. Uh, Sometimes the Yeti H2 wins and and goes, (laughs) why don't you write like seven stories and never finish any of them? And I'm like, can I just finish one? Like one would be great. Just if I had one, I could say, this is my story. I made this. Maybe I'll write another one. Uh, And no, that's not, that's not how the old brain works sometimes. But um, I decided to try and channel that into writing uh for um T D R B Gs i mean especially with uh fifth edition D anD i've been trying to do uh some of my own writing for for stuff um it started just making little creatures and things and then i was in a friend's campaign and he said to me he said well why don't you run your own i mean I, i've been running this for a bit like why don't, why don't you you know be game master for once and we'll we'll you know pile over and play. And I said, I'm not, I can't do that. And he's like, why? And I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm not Mercer. And he's like, you don't have to be. And I'm like, no, I know. I just, I feel so self-conscious. And I mean that in the best possible way, because I know everyone has got their different styles of jamming. But up until that point, I had just learned how to play via osmosis during the pandemic from just watching (laughs) Critical Role and Dimension 20 and, you know, Acquisitions Incorporated with like Penny Arcade and all that. Mm. And uh, listening to NAD Pod, like just sort of sitting there and going, I don't know how to do this, even though I have the books in front of me, I learn by experiencing, so I'm just going to listen to these really cool people play this game on a lark, and it was such a wonderfully eye-opening experience to be like, wow, maybe I can do this, so I was finally convinced by a friend to just, you know, throw that to the wayside, watched a bunch of videos about how to try and be a game master. And I went, all right, let's do this. And I remember getting to that table and being like, I have written stuff. (laughs) And it was just pure panic. Uh, it was absolute pure panic. And I just went with it and apparently I did an okay job. And that's that's where all the creative writing kind of started for that when I, uh, when I had that first experience of all my friends being like, no, you didn't do bad. Like, you're okay. You're fine. You did it. And I went, maybe I could write this. Maybe I could write my own stuff. And I mean, from there, it was really, uh, you know, uh, when I... When I left my previous job, I was working over at uh, Brefasco, the construction parts and fasteners uh, company over in Vaughan. Uh, a very... It was the job I needed at the time, but not the job I obviously wanted. <laughs> it paid well, and it was a lot. Uh, but after I left it, I, I swore to myself, I said, if I have all this free time... I'm going to leave, and I'm going to utilize this time to make something. Hmm. I'm like, I'm going to write myself a book. Oh, wow. I'm going to write a whole D&D book, and I'm going to go, this D&D book is going to be my little world and my little thing. And even if it's like 100 pages, I'm going to write it, and I'm going to kickstart it, and I'm going to get it out there. I've yet to do that. <laughs> uh, it's it's still being chipped away at. Mm-hmm. And I want to still do it, but I I had this almost like, I don't know how else to describe it other than an epiphany moment where I went, I have all of this time away from, away from work. What do I want to do with my life? Which is a really huge question to have, uh, at, you know, the, I believe at that point, the age of like 28 ish, 29, um, but I went, no, like, what do I actually want to do? And, and for the first time, because I could think clearly without a job mm-hmm. in the way, there's an empty period of time. My brain was like, well, you want to be a voice actor? Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, I do want to do that. It's like, right. You should write a book. You should write a book and be a voice actor. And I'm like, yeah, brain, I should. It was like I was like I was like talking to my own hype man. It was the weirdest, (laughs) weirdest thing.
0: Like, okay, I could totally see this.
1: (laughs) And and, and so, because the first time my brain wasn't consumed by, I got work on Monday. I got work on Monday. I got work Uh again on Monday. It was just this tranquil, quiet. When I was like, wow, I can hear myself think. This is crazy. Hmm. Maybe I'll do these two uh, these two things and. I did a concerted go at it, and that's where I kind of, you know, started actually being like, wow, maybe I can write like this. And I found that it really quickly I, I was able to, like, write in the same style as, you know, a D&D book is laid out in and, and create things with, like, the same language. And and some of my friends were like, this is, like, really good stuff. Like, you, you should turn this into, like, a little book. Just to say you made you know made something wholly your own and, and it'd be cool and I'm like that's great and then the years pass and I went oh lord uh it is a lot more difficult uh than I could ever imagine to be able to like actually do one of those fully to completion like a complete you know kickstarter you do things get images get you know artists and mm. and write everything down so it's still in the back burner but it's something that I am working on Mm -hmm. and even in my spare time, it's very much a like, it's kind of the passion that I want to do is I want to now write things for, for games. I think that's something that actually I truly enjoy and finding something like that in life is so incredibly rare when you can wake up, look at something and go, I could do this for pretty much the rest of time. And I'd probably be decently all right with that fact. Like that is, I have not had that feeling once, uh, in my life so far and up until that moment, like I, I, I had bounced from paleontologist to maybe I'll dance. Maybe I'll <laughs> write really interesting stories. Perhaps I could be a fi- firefighter. Like, like wow. a million, a million thoughts went through my head. But they never felt like this is actually what I truly wanted to do uh, until that moment. So I'm just kind of giving it a go.
0: (laughs) Well, I absolutely think you should. I mean, you're very creative. Uh, You bring a lot to our local gaming table, for sure. Um, And I, I, I imagine that you have a lot already done. And it's just, like you said, there's so many different other aspects to it beyond just the writing, right? Yeah. But I... I'm willing to bet that you've got most of your story, most of your content figured out, and you probably just need a few pieces and maybe a couple connections, maybe a bit of help, and uh, and it could get out there. And I want to see it because I I I just really want to see it.
1: <laughs> I I appreciate that. I mean, I I mean for me it was you know it is a it is it is a book that's evolved over over not a long period of time. Only really the like the the middle to the end of the pandemic to now. Mm-hmm. It's like a couple of years. Um, and it went from a fully fledged like world to that's a lot uh, to start off with maybe like part of a world to this is an example world. And here is rule sets for creating your own little roving world. Like uh, much how in fifth edition Demi planes exist as little you know, tiny planes that people create. And they're like little sub-planes off to Mm -hmm. uh, the side of actual planes. This is like, well, what if a world did that? What if, you know, you could be playing any campaign and then this entirely new world the size of a continent just slammed into yours. And unfortunately, well, that island you went to actually isn't an island. It's an entirely new world. And now you have to find out how to get out back to your world. And Because I I didn't see anything quite like that. So I, I tried making little bits and bobs for uh for that and i mean i have i have a couple of subclasses i have a little like couple of bits of lore for a world I, I run my home game like with with some of my oldest friends with this little world that i created
0: oh that's cool <clears throat> so I, you know I, mean? I think that um like i i just imagine it being really rich and and full of things that we haven't seen before twists on them or being I don't know, descriptive in a way, because I'm just thinking of what you bring to the table, like when we play, and uh, and th- and that's all there. And it is that feeling also of this being real, that these are real people, and that there are real people uh, that they are, or creatures that they are interacting with. You know, um, it's more than just a concept uh, that that's flat on a page, it's actually has, it's been fleshed out, and it's got some you know, other accessories to it that you could, you know, uh, the imagination gets going and it can be like, this place
1: can be real. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, as much, as much as I'd like to, to say that, you know, it's, 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 this, this fantastical thing of so many different, you know, working parts that looks and sounds and reads amazing. It's, it's getting there. I mean, yeah. it, it it is, you know, I'm not looking to make the next, you know, Grim Hollow. I'm not, you know, looking to to be the next, you know, Kobold Press. I just, I want to say that wholly and completely, there is at least one book out there that I can say, yeah, Adam made that. The whole thing. I mean, obviously with, with help, but like the core design and the core, yeah. you know. Uh, writing of it and the actual like thematics of it. Yeah. This is my little book. And I said, that's, that's mine. And it just, I can't really describe it other than it was just something I really wanted to do. I want to say that no matter what, you know, what, what ages pass, I can say once upon a time I made this thing Mm -hmm. because I never really had a thing that I fully and completely made.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: that I would say now that I am, I guess this is going to sound a little weird, but uh, that I'm completely proud of. Like I've, I've done things in my youth. I've, you know, I've, I've won little contests at school. I've, you know, done, done this and that. And, and, and it's not that I, I wasn't proud of those achievements that I, that I, you know, did in my youth, but, but it, it, to say that I am wholly and completely proud of a singular thing that I have created with like my own two hands and my head uh, creatively, mm-hmm. like like a writing piece, a book, a video, like like something that I'm really and truly 100% proud of, I, you know, th- that was made like by, you know, by myself. I-, I don't really have it. I don't really have a thing. I have a bunch of started ideas and started projects that just never really came to fruition. I have a script that I pitched to my like third, you know, third year professors for the, uh, the sort of, uh, film that we'd film as our, as our like thesis films in school didn't get picked. Like there's a whole bunch of things that I have that just didn't quite make it to the end. And I just, I just want to, especially with like a book, something you can just hold in two hands and go, that's my book. That's cool. Like, it's like writing someone's autobiography where you're mm-hmm. like, I just want to say that I have one. Yeah. Cause it was, it just seems like a cool thing to say. Like I, it feels like a milestone where I can go stamp that on the fridge, you know, like yeah, the, yeah. the old macrame owl, <laughs> pin it to the fridge and it's like, I made that. That's mine. Um, so I, it is, it is a work in progress and it's getting there, but I have thankfully not let this one go by the wayside because I, I couldn't forgive myself if I just stopped. The uh, voice I, acting like- is a different story. Uh, I'm getting to that, uh, but <laughs> but that was very much a, a a thing of circumstance where I was all ready to try and record real, and even had a a, um, a a a bud of mine, uh, uh, JT Silver, who does a uh, does some professional voice acting for uh, quite a few games like uh, Outer Worlds. Uh, uh, the video game and a couple others, uh, awesome, awesome voice actor. He was like, "Yeah, man, like, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I have like a recording thing that uh, that you could, you know, uh, utilize. You know, like, you know, g- you know, get a, you know, uh, uh, a voice reel together, and, and and you know, you can you can record here, and I'm like, that's wonderful. Uh, and the very, <laughs> the very next week is when everything shut down. Oh. And nobody could go places. And then started the sort of long two, two and a half years of just can't go to studios, can't see people, can't do anything. World has well and truly gone quiet and shut down, and nothing quite put holes in my sails quite like I'm I am like fighting against my lethargy. And and self-deprecation and going, I'm doing this, I'm going to record a reel, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to schedule it for next week, here we go, and then everything just shut down. Uh-huh. So I've been slowly like putting the Jenga blocks back together on the tower, back mm-hmm. up to where I'm like, alright, I'm going to start pulling blocks again. Uh, I've been just building the game back up to its height before we're trying that again, but I do want to, because people keep telling me I have this weird voice that uh, there's like a thousand voices locked in my head. And I'm like, well, y- yes, but also not in the way you're thinking. Cause that's terrifying. <laughs> um, I'm not Scott McNeil, but, um, uh, that is something I still want to try and do because I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the creators that I respect very much and, and, you know, admire for their craft and just, you know, otherwise as, as just regular people, uh, are voice actors and they're, quite, quite, you know, prolific voice actors. And I was like, I, I think I can do that. I, I, I I think I actually can try and do that. I just got to kind of jump the hurdle. Uh, (laughs) and that, that's the, the hardest part is jumping that first hurdle.
0: Can I put you on the spot? And ask for a voice now. It could be one of the characters that you play. Oh
1: gods! Uh, yeah, you can. You can definitely ask. What happens afterwards is totally up to me. But yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, vo- voices are voices are fun things. It's how we hear the worlds. How we communicate. It's how we you know process auditorily. Everything is is you know sounds. More likely. But but you know, in, in in terms of why we like characters is because, you know, they have mannerisms and voices and certain uh, things about them that create a whole, you know, a whole experience in a in a person. That's why we like characters, that's why we we identify with them or, or otherwise, is we, we see traits of ourselves in them. And a voice is only one part of that, but there's so much you can do with a voice. So I mean it it's it is a it's an interesting thing. I mean, you have you, got people like Mark Hamill who you, you you mentioned him and it's one of, one of two people they they say well, uh that's Luke Skywalker or <laughs> that's the Joker. Uh and there's no <laughs> it, you, you have voices that just kind of define almost uh um a perfor- like a performance defines uh, a, a voice actor in, in certain ways and you have others that are just so prolific like when you were talking uh your um like Nolan North who is just just sounds like anything. Uh, he's in like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of games, uh, and you can't quite like some people are like oh no north that's Deadpool and you're like well no north that's oh he's, he's from Uncharted I'm like he's everything really uh, <laughs> he's done at all. Um, and then you have people who don't even touch video games. You have you know like like people like Scott McNeil that's like mostly you know he well he's done you know uh, uh, obviously video game stuff before but he's mostly in, in animation and and things from. You know from from y t v from our childhood like there's it's that kind of thing that i like to you know I like to think of where it's you know they have brought so many different characters to life uh sheerly by voice because the rest is just you know uh, animation or or coding or in visuals in a game or in a show or it's all they have to evoke all of this but just with their voice, and I was like, my goodness. I could give this a try. Uh so it's uh yeah I mean there are, I I've done so many voices even at, at this table even you know uh, just to say separate to
2: the character <laughs> I play.
1: So I mean I mean uh you know there's there there's Vash who's, who's you know he's he's got this sort of received yeah uh, there's sort of like received sort of uh, you know up and coming you know sort of princely voice, but he's not exactly sure of himself and so sometimes he makes funnies and it kind of rumbles in the back of his throat and things like that And he's he's, he's very you know he's very full he's very full of himself, but also tries to be warm and inviting. so that's kind of you know what what I try to do with with that particular voice. but I mean, uh, are, are there any you know if there any you can you can think of that you you remember that you'd like to hear. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't have like a like a Rolodex in my brain of of, yeah, of yeah, voices. They yeah, just yeah. sort of happen at
0: times. Well, th- there's a there's a few there's a few. I, I have a few. I'd like to hear Vosh. I'd like to hear a conversation between Vosh and Luster. and uh, like maybe Luster has just come back after talking to another character in the party.
1: Oh goodness! Yeah, I mean, well. La- <laughs> la- Luster, Luster has kind of a, you know, um, she has sort of a very high pitched voice, but it's also very confident, but it's also very quick, like, like, uh, like staccato on a, on a, on a piano, uh, because she has time for, uh, no one's bullshit ever. Uh, and then Vosh is 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 probably more like ah, my dear. Uh, it's it look. I, I understand that you uh, uh, do not like uh, foosball at all. It's <laughs> it's. Um, I, I understand this is a very confusing name because you are thinking of that uh, that ancient Elven game with the tiny soccer players. Uh, but it's it's. Look, he's actually quite a nice guy. <laughs> you know, just, you, need, you need to uh, take your time in understanding the uh, uh, the cat like friend of ours. Um, and you know it's it's things like that. I mean, it's 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 tough to have a conversation with yourself. Yeah, yeah. But I've done it, and it
0: <laughs> gets a
1: little uh, gets a little out there after a while. But you can do it. Um,
0: but but you do it so well because I I I think I speak for everyone at the table that you like. There's this sense that here's Lester, and Lester is not happy. <laughs>
1: Lester is never happy. She's she, she's she's an elemental sprite that is perpetually just like why, why are we around any of these people? Why aren't we doing things? Why aren't we doing our mission? Why do I have to be here?
2: <laughs> like she's she's
1: just perpetually exhausted. And I love that sort of dynamic of like the you know the plucky spellcaster and his familiar who's just just done with everything, <laughs> just done with everyone's shit and is completely only here because she has to be. Uh, but uh yeah.
0: And, and see what I like about that too, is just bringing it back to stories that there is a story there, there's a story of this relationship and it comes out through the way that the characters are interacting, the way that Vosh interacts with Lester and actually even how, Luster interacts with other members of the party,
1: uh, mm-hmm. and it
0: just uh, it it just adds a lot to a lot to the story. So the voice is there, but there's also there's also the story uh, behind it, the story that's unfolding. And I guess you know some of this goes back into backstory and the future story. Where is this going? And like you said earlier, this is what makes the characters interesting, and I think it's a big part of what makes the game interesting.
1: I would agree. I mean, that's why I love. D&D is, for the longest time, I thought I didn't. For the longest time, I thought I, like, was terrible at all role-playing games.
0: You thought you were terrible.
1: <laughs> I had a lot of, well, I, I had a, never a lot of exposure to it when I was younger. I went basically straight to video games and kind of sat there in my sort of hobby life for an excessively long period of time. It's not that I hadn't heard of D&D or, or, you know, you know, Call of Cthulhu or you know uh, uh, Shadow, Shadow Run and things like that. Like I heard of many of these games in passing, but it was always like, oh well, that's you know, that's a lot of pen and paper, and I like playing things on the TV and clickety clacking buttons. Like ah, it's not <laughs> really for me. And the few times I tried it, which I think was like third, it was like a, 3.5 a three point five or three like edition for for D anD. D and There might have been some Pathfinder in there once. Can't quite remember. Point is that I... I try it twice. And... I never quite meshed with it. Because it it felt always like I was behind the eight ball. Like everyone knew what they were doing. And I would say, okay, you've given me this sheet of paper. I understand you made this character for me. I don't know what any of these things do. And they're always like, oh, don't worry. You'll you'll learn as we go. And I'm like, no, like I am so confused. And I basically just sit there... In abject panic, because I just didn't know what to do. And every time they tried to explain it, they would explain it much like, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, much like I would try to explain when I was a kid, like video games to my dad. (laughs) <laughs> when he's like, well, how do I how do I how do I jump? And he's like, well, they had super smash bros. You just press any of the yellow buttons. He's like, what are the yellow buttons? What it is it this one? He goes like no dad, it's the Z button. He goes like what's the where is it? I'm like, it's on the bottom. I'm like, why would it be on the bottom of the control? Like he was so confused, and rightfully so, because I was explaining it to him like he, you know, played the Nintendo 64 every day, like I did. <laughs> As opposed to, you know, being uh, at the time, you know, a 60 plus year old man who just was like, this is the first time I've held this controller. (laughs) What even is this? And it was the same thing where people were like, oh, your spell attack bonus is here and you have these spells. And okay, but if you cast them like this, you have to remember to mark off this because we have so many of these. And I'm like, you lost me at spell. I don't know (laughs) what you're talking about. So the first two times I just thought, you know what? Tabletop games aren't for me. They're too complex. And then... I, you know, uh, I remember it when I started watching the second campaign of Critical Role because I had seen so many little clips about the first that I had sort of unintentionally like super spoiled myself. Cause I do that when I think I'm not going to ever watch this. Like I'll, I'll just kind of Wikipedia it. I'm that terrible person. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Uh, like if if I'm not going to watch a movie, I'll be like, well, I am morbidly curious about what this trailer is about. Oh, Oh,
2: interesting. (laughs) Everyone's like, just
1: watch the movie. And I said, I know I'm terrible. I just, I don't think I'd ever watch it. So I, so I learned all these things and I said, well, okay, I don't really know anything about campaign two and it's currently going on. They're like, maybe like, 20-something episodes in. I was like, maybe I'll catch up. I got nothing there to do. The world's off. So, I started watching it, and I went, I don't really understand what's going on, but these people are really entertaining. This is cool. I like this. They seem really friendly to each other. That's great. They have a great group of friends. That's awesome. Uh, They've got all these weird, eclectic characters, and that's cool. And I... Weirdly, like a couple episodes in, I'm starting to just pick up on things I'm like, "Oh, sneak attack." Okay, that means that means that knots doing more damage, but only when certain things happen. What are they saying? Okay, it's only when he has advantage. What's advantage? And I like go on my phone and like I would look up little snippets of the game to the point where I'm ten episodes in, and suddenly I'm like, I had that sort of you know, Keanu Reeves, like, I know Kung Fu. Like, I just was like, <laughs> I know 5E. I'm like, I understand. Oh my God, I know. This is way, oh, wow, they just didn't teach me. I'm not bad at tabletop games. I just didn't have a teacher. I don't know what I was doing. And now I do. And it was this like weird epiphany moment where I went, yeah. I am suddenly really interested in this. this wow. Where has this been for the last, you know, 10 years of my life? Why didn't I keep, like, why didn't I play this before? And that's all it was. Wow. was just, I didn't have, I didn't have the right teacher. And I don't blame any of the people because they, they truly earnestly thought that it was, well, you have the sheet. We've marked down everything. You should be able to understand. I'm like, that's just really how I learn. I learn yeah. by experiencing things. It's the same was like with new board games. I'd rather someone play around with me and go, this round doesn't count. I'll like, just talk you through it. <laughs> Cause then I'll, if they read a rule book, I'll go, I already forgot what you said. Yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't quite input information into my head that way. So that was the wildest thing was just that realization of like, wow, I I, I just, I learned Dungeons and Dragons and learned that I actually liked all this sort of, you know, role play and everything from watching a bunch of voice actors that just seemed to really enjoy themselves, but also kind of learned just by sitting there and absorbing information in a fun format. And I was like, huh, I wonder if I could do that. I wonder if I could like do that for people, like be that vo- that that like cool voice actor that just you know has maybe not that exact effect like on real you know, role playing games specific, but like if I could evoke any sort of emotion out of anyone by using my voice to like pair it with some animated creature character or otherwise, that just sounds awesome. Like to have people over the world be like, I really like that character. Because their voice. And I'd be like, that's me. <laughs> that's cool. That's weird. Wow. So, th- yeah. I mean, I've gotten slightly off kilter there. The, the train may have derailed a bit. but That's the, the, okay. the, that's, the that's all good. That's the gist. Uh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, there, there's so much in there in, in everything that you just said. I mean, we could go so many different ways with that, but... I think uh, a couple of things stand out to me. One is, uh, again, it comes back to story. You learned through story, through watching the story. And it's, mm-hmm. it's what you opened with, actually. You said you wanted to see the story on a screen. So you have the story and you yeah. can actually watch it. And that's, and that's also how you learned. Uh, and that's, that's really interesting because I do think that people often learn through story. Story is, traditional way, is a traditional way of, of learning. I mean, before there's writing, there's the oral tradition. Like the Norse sagas passed down, like many cultures had oral traditions, had and have oral traditions passed down knowledge. So it's, uh, yeah, it's not surprising. It's pretty interesting.
1: The, uh, I mean, the books I read when I was a kid, be they, you know, children's books, be they, you know, little bits and bobs of, you know, little history books and things like that. Like any of the little things I read... I will maintain that I learned more by reading random books I was interested in than most of the sort of word-related anything or concepts that I learned in school. Because I think it was because I was interested, and not just interested, but it was always like a, even the historical recountments of, 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 uh, recountments of, of things were a story. If it was in a story, and I read a word I didn't understand, I'd want to try and look up what it was because I wanted to understand what it meant in the story. So I just sort of learned a bunch of things, even like video games as well. Uh, the, the amount of, you know, you know like uh, games I used to play on, on, on the GameCube, especially all of my little RPGs I had in the GameCube, like of <laughs> Symphonia and, and Kaitos, and like even Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door, all these little RPGs. So it's a lot of talking. There's a lot of NPCs. There's a lot of text going by the screen. And ever so often I'd encounter words. and I'd be like, what is that? Oh, that's what it means. Oh, great. <laughs> I know a new word now. And that's just kind of how I built my repertoire was playing games, and reading books. So I do agree with that story. Story is where a lot of people learn a lot of concepts, not only about the world, but also a lot of uh, concepts of stories, a lot of tropes especially, but Mm -hmm. even just simple words that you normally wouldn't encounter. And then you get interested in.
0: Totally. Do you have a simple
1: word as an example? <laughs> that, was the f- my, that was the first word that my teacher, Mr. Hopkins, ever taught us in creative writing class because he would do a word a week. be like, here's the, here's the word of the week. And uh, it was detritus. And he'd say it all smooth. He's like, all right, kids, word of the day is detritus. <laughs> Means a bunch of broken rubble and refuse left lying around it's detritus and I was like <laughs> what <laughs> I was like he, like he he said a word that means effectively a bunch of broken stuff in a way that I was like why am I interested yeah and I'll never for and the thing it's stuck in my brain for years that this was like grade 10 and it's like yeah. stuck in my brain for years just the word detritus right and I went I was a cool teacher. Like,
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Well, if if you say it like that, I mean, that's word drama.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, yes it is.
0: Yeah, very interesting. Um, Also interesting, like just bringing it back to these stories, because I feel like you've got more than one story that's been rattling around in your head for a long time. Or maybe there's themes, different stories, but the same themes. I'm wondering if there's a connection there. Uh, you, You talked about uh, doing a lot of writing in around grade nine, and then going to film school and having that, uh, you know, that 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 project that didn't get picked, and now you're working on. Well, I think you said something like upwards of seventy two different stories, but one in particular that we will see eventually. Uh, and I'm just wondering if there's a, a common connection, if there's a story that Adam wants to tell that's come through the years, or maybe it's changed over the years. Uh, can you tell us a bit about that?
1: the story I did really want to tell was, uh, I, it was called the modern warlock on the go. Uh, and it was, it was it, was, it was, uh, I, I can't take credit for it. Um, the, uh, the title of that, at the very least, uh, it was based off of a, a friend I have named Mitchell. And, uh, Mitch was, uh, a very interesting component of my, uh my life in sort of the uh you know early university college days uh, as they they were that they were that weird and wonderful friend that just appeared out of nowhere and just sort of took you off on cool adventures um and they had this, you know, we, we we spent tons of time together doing all kinds of things in Toronto and and often Markham and all, all all different places. But I mean, Mitch was very much a, uh, at, at that time, they had this, they had this character that they called the modern warlock, uh, which was based off of uh, a look that they had, where they had an old, like 1930s, like war coat. There was this big olive green coat they wore that went down to their ankles big brass buttons and they had this skull staff like carved of like, I think it was like wood or porcelain had a big skull on top. and it had like kind of bones connected to the ground, big, huge staff and these big circular black shades and a, uh, an electronic cigarette that would light up (laughs) turquoise when they inhaled. And when they walked down the street in this getup, uh, mid Halloween, Yeah, you were convinced that was just a, you know, very modern warlock on the go. And for some reason, just all of the, all the stories, how they had helped me through a lot of, you know, a lot of really heavy times in my, in my life at that point, I, I want to sort of do them a service and, and write that story, which was basically the story of this, of this modern warlock that, that, uh, you know, bumps into an average, everyday guy who's who's just known as Joe the entire time because it's just a it's just a joke on being an average Joe. And the whole time, he calls him Joe. And every time Joe tries to interrupt him to sort of, uh, every time Joe tries to like interrupt him to sort of say, um, you know, his actual name, he's always shushed. Like, so you never actually <laughs> learn his name in the in the original script. And Joe bumps into him on the street accidentally. You know cracking this this uh this drinking flask that uh the warlock has that uh begins to crack uh and uh threatens to release this terrible terrible demon inside that he has trapped all these years to siphon his powers from and as fantastical as it sounds the whole point of it was a journey where Joe learned that, you know, this journey that uh, the warlock charges him to to fix his flask or else reality itself is going to unravel. Uh, to which Joe says, I'm an accountant. And he goes, I don't care. You break it, you buy it. Um, <laughs> the whole point of it wasn't this fantasy journey as much as it was a journey of Joe realizing that he didn't actually want to be an accountant. He He wanted more from life. And this was just sort of a you know, kind of like a sorcerer's apprentice style, you know, he kind of finds what he really wants in life is, you know, is, is, is is to be like a painter or to be an artist. And he just, he did the practical thing and he, you know, studied to be an accountant because that would make him money and that would make his, make his dad proud and, you know, get him enough money to, to like live a life. Mm -hmm. But he was never really truly living, because he wasn't doing what he really wanted to do. And I was basically using this sort of fantastical lens of fix this flask or the demon gets out and ruins reality to sort of have this sort of mirror of, it really is just a journey of a guy being like, man, I don't want to work with numbers anymore. I just, I want to actually, I want to actually live life and have, you know, fun doing what I'm actually passionate about. Um, and that, One day I do want to transpose that either into a a more long form written form or maybe even one day I'd like to film it. But uh, the stipulation was that I I would never have anyone else but Mitch play the Modern Warlock uh, because they had to uh, because it was basically just them. Um, And that is a story I really do want to tell. I just don't, know the means right now, but I've never, I've never lost that script. It's saved on several drives in several places uh, to make sure that it never gets accidentally deleted. Uh, I'm just biding my time for what I think is the, uh, the right circumstances to really show that story.
0: Wow. I think that's a story that the world needs to, needs to hear. Absolutely. I, I, sorry, I was just thinking, I mean, I've been thinking, like, I have many hobbies and things that I'm interested in, and I do, like this podcast, for example, and I, I look around uh, some days and I'm like, wow, you really seem really fascinated by this, just accounting stuff or whatever it is in the, in the, in the corporate world, Uh, and I'm like, I, I don't, I don't understand Like, I mean, I'm sure it's real and that people are really, um, enthused about these things. Um, but I don't, uh, and I mean, I, 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 I like, don't get me wrong. I like doing that stuff too, but it's not, it's not the same. There's like, I feel like there's a need for a creative outlet. There's a need for Like you talked about earlier, you talked about having that one book to say like, I did this, this is mine and you know, putting it on the fridge with the, what did you say? Macrame owl. Macrame owl. <laughs> Stick it in the fridge. Uh. Like, I think, you know, whether or not it, it's, it's uh, like the big achievement like that is something that you did. It's something that you created. And I think we all, I think we all have a desire to create and to see what our creations look like.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I would absolutely agree with that. I mean, I think in our heart of hearts, we all have a thing that we want the world to see. And we're either figuring out how the world can see it, or there's too much of the world that is currently stopping us from trying. Um, not to get somber there for a moment, but I mean, there's you know, there's untold stories across history of people that forgot about their dreams, not because necessarily they wanted to, but because circumstance forced their hand here or forced their hand there. And that's, I mean, I I feel lucky that I've had one and that mm-hmm. I still have ways of maybe having it come to pass. But I also know there's a lot of people that have dreams that they want to either accomplish or create and show to the world that are unable to do so for varying reasons. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's something that always kind of gives me pause where I'm like, I wish, I wish everyone could have that one dream and just sort of actually complete it, which may be wishful thinking, but I mean, that's, I am, I am nothing if not a dreamer at times.
0: And I, I, I believe there's power in that. So I'm very much looking forward to reading or watching or experiencing this story in some way. I think you're onto something there. Here's hoping. <laughs> but speaking of stories and speaking of voice acting and, uh, great writers and, mm. All of these things put together. There is one voice that I would like you to do for me still.
1: (laughs) All right. Um, What we got?
0: Can you give me your Ed Greenwood impressions? Oh, my goodness.
1: Ed Greenwood. Ed is a a lovely gentleman uh, who I've had the great privilege to meet. On I think four separate occasions now um, most known obviously for for elminster almar the the uh, elminster omar uh last name is difficult to pronounce with a u to start, but I'm trying um mm-hmm. from the forgotten realms, the powerful arch wizard and um and all that. he kind of he kind of has a has a bit of a deep voice like this but he he also he also has this this wonderful cadence to his voice and Ed if you' listening to this I am both uh very sorry and trying my best um <laughs> But he has this, his this sort of gravitas that he builds over time as <laughs> uh, he goes. Oh yes, hello. I am Elminster, the Sage of Shadowdale. Hello, um, and it's 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 this. I love it because it is like a sing-songy Merlin. Mm. I feel like I'm watching Sword in the Stone from Disney, and just I'm just watching just just the like the Disney's Merlin talk, and it's wonderful. But he and he had, has this just this this rambunctious joy. Uh, to his to his sentences uh uh and it it's great i mean ed 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 is, Ed's wonderful elmester's wonderful um yes it's kind of a kind of a very deep deep princely voice yes. and i i would like to cast disintegrate <laughs> profusely you're <laughs> like yes, yes, that is your favorite spell uh but um no, that's my that's my best, best ad that I have on the moment, but, uh, sorry, Greenwood. You're <laughs> wonderful. Uh, <laughs> please don't rain thunderbolts from the ceiling at me. Um, but, uh, yes, uh, that is, uh, impressions. I only have a few good impressions, uh, and most of them do not, uh, involve, uh, uh, so like I can't do a Gandalf. I can't really do a Soderman. I'm not really good at doing sorcerers. Uh, <laughs> uh in, in, in my in my impressions. But um it's uh that's the best I got. <laughs> <laughs> best I got
0: for it. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Um wow, Adam, I had uh like I didn't know about your film school. I found that so interesting. Thank you for taking me through all of that um it's my pleasure uh, the stories the 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 voices the uh the insights it's been great really appreciate it been been a real pleasure talking to you
1: i appreciate it in kind thank you for uh thank you for giving me a a microphone and a couch and uh uh talking talking's nice sometimes my brain Shuts off mid-sentence. I had a point there and I suppose it was, thank you.
0: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you. And I, I am, I'm sincerely looking forward to, uh,
1: was it the modern warlock? Modern warlock on the go. One of these days, one of these days I will call up Mitch and say, it's time. Uh We're doing it. So.
0: (laughs) But you have to, you have to use that voice.
1: Uh, so I, 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 perhaps I will cameo myself in my own little, <laughs> my own little production, should it be put to, put to screen and I'll be like a, a uh, I'll be a, I'll be a fellow wizard at the, at the, the ye old bar. Um, we'll see. Awesome.
0: Thanks so much, Adam. Thank you. All right, before I turn the recorder off. Uh. Oh, sorry, I don't mean no, to make it no, tense. Okay. <laughs> um, I just wanted to open the floor if there was anything that you guys wanted to don't say fall or into to the do floor. or to like. It's open.
1: <laughs> Hi, hello, my name is Adam. This is my life. And you're like, dad, to... <laughs> I'm Adam. Welcome to Jackass. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, God, no, not like this. <laughs> oh, my only question was like, uh, for the film school did you find the limitations for film school being like the time of which you have to write, like say you have like an hour and maybe two and a half hours to write in, a, in a, a movie. Do you have, is that the problem you found with, with filming or was to reduce a story into like two hours? Yeah. It, well that. And also, I mean, when you're in film school, you don't have free time. Like you think you have free time, but you don't really have, if, if you want to not be screaming in an editing lab, at 3 a.m., you you don't have free time. Um, and because, I mean, for that particular script, because that Modern Warlock on the go wasn't, you know, chosen for it to be a thesis film, they were like, great job. Go work on that guy's film. And I'm like, oh, I want to work on my film. And they're like,
2: <laughs> we don't always
1: get what we want. Anyway, back to business. And I went, that's fine. Like it's just like <laughs> wipes tear from my, cause none of my things ever got picked. None of my, none of my like ideas for any of the like, you know, pitch an idea. And then we'll do like, it's like the thesis film. And like, a, I, like, a, like there was like a documentary. Well, actually for, for the documentary, I, I want to do a documentary on, um, my buddy Gar, uh, and his, and his, uh, brother who run uh, ANC games uh, downtown Toronto like I, I knew them from back when they had ANC games and a little it looked like a hallway it looked like the little it was a little door off of Spadina that went really far back but it was only about this wide uh so you, you couldn't hold your arms there was wall to wall games and they moved from that to a giant storefront right next to Elmo Combo uh, like right down there on, on Spadana. And I was like, this is like, I had their permission. They even were like, we have so many people asking us to do like, you know, rags to riches style documentary stories, but you know what, Adam, we've known you for a while. We'll let you do it. And so they gave me the go ahead. And my teachers were like, no, that just sounds like video games. That's not, that, that that's not, you know what you should do a documentary on? Uh, uh, ho- uh, the children's hockey in Canada. And I was like, I love it so much. No offense anyone who loves hockey, okay? That's fine. I had to be up in Kingston in like negative 25 degrees holding a camera and blast that production. It was wonderfully done. Everyone did a lot of hard work. I will never badmouth a single person on that production. But I was like fighting tears the entire time because I was like, I had this. So cool thing. And it's just not going to happen because I had the resources and the time and the equipment, not because of the project, but because I was in film school. And as soon as I left, I had none of the backing to to gain locations because I was in a film school. I had none of the equipment I could rent. That was super easy to do because you're in film school. And I had none of the time because it was then part of my curriculum so I wouldn't have to take extra time to film. So it just frittered away. So yeah, film school's great. But you only film what they want you to film until you're out. And that bothered me a lot. (laughs) Because... As much as as much as everyone's like, "Well, you got to take your lumps." So like, I didn't want to be like, you know, the Scorsese who's like, "I will film how I want." Like, I didn't want to do that. But at the same time, every neuron in my brain was firing like, "Why? Why are you filming this? Just film what you want to film." <laughs> so, so do you feel if you would have maybe done it on your own instead of going to college that you would have been uh, maybe a different path? The Catch 22 I find is I didn't have the time cuz it wasn't picked but the weird thing is I wouldn't have even thought to do it if a teacher didn't say and now pitch me a documentary I I, did, I like I wouldn't have woken up one day and been like you know what I want to do a documentary on my friends and their game store in Toronto it was because of the prompt and the te- and I was like this would be really good so I, I kind of have to thank film school for letting me think of the idea but then I'm like, damn you film school. I couldn't do the idea. (laughs) So it was this weird, like, you know, balancing of the scales, but I don't know. I don't know. I, it's, I'm now pretty firmly, you know, want to try voice acting versus making films these days. So I'm not sure if I have the, the wherewithal to do it today.
2: Yeah. Especially in today's world, it does seem like a lot to, uh, expectations are very high. Yeah.
0: Very cool. Great question. Thanks for that. Amy, did you have a question?
2: Um, not really. No, I'm sorry.
0: Oh, no, don't apologize. I just... do wanted- you're wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're awesome.
2: <laughs> I like your Molly Mug shirt. I have the same shirt.
0: <laughs> I remember. Oh, yeah, I worked that one time. <laughs> okay what's with this shirt
2: <laughs> oh it's a
0: character from campaign two of
2: critical
0: oh oh <laughs>
1: uh, praise be my mock Tea leaf what a guy what a strazool strazool what a
0: honest <laughs> <laughs> did you just make that up
1: <laughs> I think that's partially italian but I don't think it means anything oh okay I think it's just a <laughs> thing what? oh my goodness no <laughs> Oh, he's great. Cool.
0: That's cool. Yeah. All right. Well, Adam, I guess I should let you off the hook. It's been uh, it's been a blast.
1: I've been balancing on this hook for so long. I've forgotten what it's like to not be on a fishing rod. Hey, oh. oh God. <laughs> it's, it's free stand up for you. It only comes once a year. I don't know how to make jokes. Oh. Um, hi. <laughs>
2: <Hello>, Bye. <goodbye. laughs>
1: this was the world's shortest TED talk. Uh, but it wasn't. <laughs> oh goodness! Um, thank you again for for all this. This was this was wonderful. <laughs> ah!
0: Find the latest from Adam on X, formerly Twitter, at Patchcloak. This concludes episode three of the Roll to Play podcast, an Untamed Dandelion production. Thanks for listening. Until next time, make a wish, dream it true.